Hi, my name is Ben Armstrong. Hi, this is David Koch. My name is Thomas Maurer. Hi, I'm Donna Sarkar. Hi, my name is Lana Montgomery. Hi, I'm Seth Juarez. Hi, I'm Aaron Thomas. I'm Jess Dodson. Hi, I'm Rocky Heckman. Hi, I'm Sonia Cup. Hi, I'm Troy Hunt. Hello, this is Wally Mee. My name is Reed Purvis. Hi, I'm Lars Kling. Hi, my name is Alan Birchall. Hi, I'm Adam Fowler. Hi, I'm Sky Guthrie, and you're listening to the Need to Know Podcast. All the latest Microsoft Cloud news, as well as industry guest deep dive conversations. It's a Need to Know Podcast. All thanks to the CIA Ops patron community. The Need to Know Podcast. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook, N2K Podcast, and online at ciaops.podbean.com. Welcome along to the Need to Know Podcast. My name is Robert Crane, and you join me today in mid-September 2022. So firstly, a thank you to all those people who took the time to provide feedback, get in contact with me directly and give me some suggestions, some feedback on the previous episode, which was the comeback episode. So again, thank you very much for that. Please keep that coming. Always want to hear from people what they think and what they would like to hear on the Need to Know podcast. Now, to try something a bit new once again, what I've decided to do with this episode is also put it up on YouTube. Now, the other change is going to be that I'm going to introduce a bit of an editorial piece here, uh, in this episode, it'll be on Secure Score. Just give you a bit of a run through some ideas, uh, my thoughts around that. And I consider that probably the best option here is to actually capture some of that uh, on the video so people can have a look at that, see where I'm clicking inside websites and so on. So, what I've done is I will take the audio and post it as a podcast as usual, uh, but I will also make a companion offering available on YouTube, which will have not only the audio, but some video as well. So hopefully you get benefit from that. And also, please give me some feedback. Let me know if you'd like to see more of that, if that works for you, uh, and we can go from there. But the idea there is to be able to share some of the items uh, in a video format so people can actually see what's going on inside the portal. But hopefully I'll make it work as well uh, on the audio. Now, the reason that I thought I'd do the video and a bit of an editorial in this episode is the news from Microsoft is a tad light. Now, the reason for that is that we have uh, Microsoft Ignite coming up. So Microsoft Ignite is their IT Pro-focused uh, event. Now, typically, this was probably one of the largest conferences around. It was 40 or 45-odd thousand people attending in Florida. But thanks to lockdowns, uh, they're only now beginning to spin these up and offer these as a face-to-face. So there is a very limited number, which I believe is sold out, uh, two or three locations around the world, the main one being in Seattle. Uh, the good news is you don't have to attend. You can go and take advantage of that uh, basically by the uh, online offering. So they'll be streaming it, recording it. But my suggestion is is go and make sure that you are registered for that event. So go to ignite.microsoft.com, uh, go and sign up to that so that you can be informed about all the information, all the things that will be coming, all the events. They will be available after the fact. Now, we're expecting lots and lots of announcements uh, that are relevant uh, to us. So I'll keep you posted. That is uh, from the 12th to the 14th of October. So probably about a month away now, but we are expecting lots and lots of announcements coming uh, from that session. So go and register for that today. Now, the other thing I'll call out uh, as an attention point here is I do offer a free team share channel. 
Uh, I've got a blog post here that I'll put in the show notes to make sure that you can go and have a look at it. But the idea with that is that A, you can get an idea of what shared team shared channels are all about and hopefully I'll be posting some relevant information in there. So I would encourage you to go in and look at the blog post and uh, join up. There's no cost or obligation for that, but you will need to make some slight changes to your Azure AD to allow uh, this new option for uh, sharing. Okay, so again, go in and have a look at that article. Now, the big benefit of the uh, Teams share channel is that you don't have to tenant switch. So when you do join the Teams, my Teams shared channel, the channel that has been shared with you from me will appear uh, at the bottom list of your home uh, environment in Teams. So you don't have to tenant switch out like you have to with Azure uh, B2B. So again, take that opportunity to take advantage of that. No cost, no obligation. See what it's about. You can leave any time, but encourage people to join that and uh, be part of the conversations that are happening there around Microsoft 365. Now, another quick commercial from me is I run a regular Microsoft 365 webinar. Uh, this one uh, for September, we are going to be uh, basically focusing on the framework for migrations to Microsoft 365, the, typically the file framework. So how do you move from on-prem file server to the new collaboration environment teams uh, and so on. So that will be on Thursday, the 22nd of September. And for those who ask, uh, yes, it will run even though uh, they've decided that the 22nd is a public holiday, thanks to the events uh, over in the UK. So uh, please take advantage of that. Again, I'll put the link in the blog post, sign up for that, uh, and you can come and take advantage of that uh, information, plus open, ask any uh, questions around that. Now, as always, this episode is brought to you by the CIA Ops patron community. This is a subscription offering that I provide to uh, give you the opportunity to be part of a community that is focused on Microsoft 365. Uh, you can go and sign up different levels there. You get access to a community. You uh, get access to a knowledge base, training videos, events, uh, and so on. So please uh, have a look at that as well uh, with your travels. Now, getting back to the news here, uh, one of the things that Apple has announced is iOS uh, 16. So for those of you that have iOS devices, make sure that you go and update those uh, immediately. They do cover off a number of vulnerabilities that have been discovered. So it's important to make sure that your devices, all devices, not only Microsoft devices, are kept up to date. Now, part of iOS 16 is what's known as lockdown mode. So lockdown mode basically uh, makes it much more difficult uh, to obviously get malware or to infect the phone or to do um, you know, unsuspecting observations of what activities you're conducting on your phone. Now, according to Apple, it says here that it helps protect devices against extremely rare and sophisticated uh, cyber attacks. So I'll put the article link in the show notes for you to go and have a look at, but by all means, um, go in and have a look at it. I've turned it on for my phone. Now, the main reason I turned that on is because I wanted to see whether it would impact the operation, especially since my phone is managed uh, under device management and also application management. So it has, you know, Intune device management. It has, you know, uh, the Defender for Endpoint on it as well. Uh, so I wanted to see if this lockdown mode caused any issues. So far, 
I haven't really found anything. It's worked well. It, um, it, I don't even know that it's there. A few things that I do see that may be an issue that I still have to further investigate is when I use CarPlay, normally I would plug the phone in and it would normally come up straight away. Now I have to plug it in and basically unlock my phone. Sort of makes sense because I'm connecting it to a untrusted USB device in the car. The other thing that I've noticed that I do have to investigate more is that in the Defender for Endpoint console, uh, it's showing up as not reporting. So I have to verify whether that lockdown mode is in fact uh, blocking you know, some sort of communication with the agent, the Defender uh, for Endpoint agent that I do have on iOS and use uh, to protect my device. So I'll give you more updates about that, but if you are interested in being even more secure, uh, go in and have a look at this link about lockdown mode now available in iOS. And typically to turn that on, you go into your settings in the iOS area and then do a search for lockdown, all one word, and that will pop up and you can go and turn it on. There'll be more information uh, about that uh, in that area as well. Now, another handy little thing that I found, I'm a big uh, user of PowerShell and I put uh, my PowerShell scripts up on GitHub. Uh, they are available for you as well if you want to go and have a look at those. So you'll find those at github.com forward slash director CIA. But Microsoft has now made Visual Studio Code available on the web. So I use Visual Studio Code as an editor for my PowerShell scripts. It, it does some really nice things. It has lots and lots of plugins. Use it on all, all my devices and synchronize the code up and down to GitHub. But Microsoft now have given us the capability to do that in the web. So again, you'll find that at vscode.dev. And again, the link will go into the show notes. If you are a user of Visual Studio and you want the capability to work with it on the web, highly recommend this. You can connect to your GitHub repos uh, and then you can edit your environments and, and do a largely uh, the vast majority of stuff you do probably if you are using Visual Studio Code on your desktop. So call that one out. I do use that as a tool effectively every day. Now there's a web version, really, really handy, makes it even easier to uh, go and work on code when you may not necessarily have uh, the workstation in front of you. Now, another interesting tool here, which uh, Microsoft is sponsoring or co-sponsoring is uh, something from Terra Nova Security called Gone Fishing Tournament. Now, the idea here is um, we've seen the ability to you know, get people to test uh, their knowledge or their detection of phishing when it's sent to them. Uh, and this is, I suppose, a worldwide tournament to uh, you know, get people to uh, look at phishing examples and say yes or no, uh, whether they think they are phishing and then report on the statistics here. So interestingly, if you scroll down a bit on this page here, you'll see 19.8, almost 20% of participants clicked on a, a phishing email link. So again, it's a bit, it's just a bit of game, a bit of a fu bit of fun. I'd certainly look at it as a way to uh, help people understand or give them a better knowledge, um, you know, of what phishing emails look like, how sophisticated they are, basically uh, becoming. Uh, and again, it's just a tournament, it's just a game. So I go in, sign up for that, have a play with it and get some benefit out of the training uh, it does uh, provide. Now, one of the things that Microsoft did announce is this uh, Storyline. So Storyline is now open for public preview. Storyline is something that's effectively added into Yammer. Um, they also touted as uh, being surfaced with uh, Viva. 
In essence, from what I can see, Storyline is sort of like your own personal blog inside of Yammer. The idea is that you go in and you put updates, you put pictures, you put links, you put thoughts. Uh, again, very, very blog-centric um, to me. And then that becomes surfaced in the organization. You can follow others uh, and their storylines and share information. So we've had a couple of attempts at creating blogs built into uh, the Microsoft 365 uh, environment. They have been obviously scaled back, but the latest one here is this concept of storyline. I think this is good for collaboration, encourage the people who do want to share information. So a good example may be as let's say, you know, you're in a technical organization and you solve a problem, then you can go in and document that and put that in your storyline or, you know, go through an experience uh, that you went through and share all the details. So again, it looks very much like a, you know, an internal blogging uh, platform so go in have, take advantage of that and that storyline are typically surfaced through uh, Microsoft Viva and also uh, through Yammer. Now Microsoft has published this small and medium business size uh, survey. Uh, I would certainly recommend anybody who is selling or interested in uh, the SMB market to go in and have a look at this. I uh, downloaded the PDF. There's a couple of PDF links in there, but some of the statistics are very, are very, very interesting. You know what's important, what people are focusing on. Um, you know your millennials are beginning to come into the workforce and be the more dominant uh, demographic here. So lots and lots of really good information in there. Um, again, I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can go in and have a look at that. But I'd certainly encourage you, especially if you are you know, selling to the SMB market to go in and have a look at you know, all the valuable links that are in there as you know, part of that uh, study from uh, Microsoft. All right, so with that, we are sort of uh, rounding up the news. We expect more, like I said, to happen in mid-October when they uh, get around to uh, doing Ignite. Uh, so for now, the news will be a bit light on from Microsoft while they save up all the goodies uh, for what we expect to ignite. So what I thought I'd do, as I mentioned, as a sort of a new um, part of doing a podcast is to do a bit of an editorial, a bit of tutorial around something in Microsoft 365. So what I've chosen here is uh, Secure Score. So if you aren't aware, Secure Score is basically a rating of the security status of your tenant um, into a single number that you find inside the Microsoft environment. So I've got a blog post here, which again, I'll link, which I do talk about uh, this in more detail and all the sort of um, things that it does provide. So fear not, you can always go in and, and have a read of that. But uh, what I'll do here is I'll basically log into <clears throat> the tenant here and we can go in and uh, have a look at that. So the way that you get to that is if you go to security.microsoft.com and what you'll need to do is log in there as an administrator or global administrator uh, to achieve that. Once you've done that, you will find on the left-hand side a menu option called Secure Score. So if you uh, go to security.microsoft.com on the left-hand side, probably five or six down, is an option called Secure Score. Now, if you select that, you are going to be taken to um, an area where it will give you basically a score, a percentage score out of 100. So in the demo tenant I'm looking at now, um, it's about 48%. 
Now, if you go to the, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, if you go to the top right-hand corner here, you'll see that you do get an option to include, you know, your current license score and your achievable score. Certainly recommend you think about turning those on to get a comparison of, you know, what is possible if you enabled all the options inside your environment. And you also have the ability to compare this to other organizations. It'll also give you a breakdown by category, identity, data, device, and app. So which, how secure are each one of those? But I think the biggest benefit here is the next tab is recommended actions. So recommended actions effectively is a list of items of what needs to be done to make the tenant more secure. Now you can click on any of these recommendations and you can drill into them. They will give you uh, the description, what they are, why you should do them. And then there's an option there to go and implement. So it will take you through or show you the steps or provide direct links to the actions to go and turn on many of these settings inside the Microsoft 365 uh, environment to make your um, tenant more secure. We've also got a history tab so we can look at the change in score over time. Now, because this is a Microsoft um, scoring mechanism, Microsoft will adjust the priority of many of the items here. They will remove some, add some over time. So your secure score will continue to change over time. So keep that in mind. And we can also look at the last one here, metric and trends. So the big benefit of metric and trends is you can look at organizations of a similar size. You can compare yourself to uh, other tenants that are out there. So lots of great information in there for you to go and have a look at. But in essence, what it's going to give you, it's going to give you a to-do list of what you uh, actions you can take inside your tenant to go and improve security, pretty much a step-by-step -step, uh, option. Now, one of the most common questions that I do get when I start talking to people, you know, about, you know, secure score is around, okay, what's a good secure score? So in my books, you should be at least at uh, or above uh, 65%. 65% is something you can get to relatively easy by applying all the best practices that are part of the Microsoft um, environment. So things like turning on MFA, um, setting you know, secure defaults or conditional access, uh, enabling all the logging capabilities through Exchange, through unified audit logs and so on. So that's pretty straightforward. I have a script uh, that is part of my patron community that uh, people can run. And effectively that will get you from the, the normal average or the haven't done anything or the new tenant option of about you know, 15 or 16 up to 65 without uh, much sweat. Now, anything above that is going to be very challenging because it requires you to implement security. That means restrictions on your users and impact to potentially the day-to-day -day operations of you know, your environment. So I would suggest that a level that you should be looking to obtain, I think a good secure score really uh, is 80% and above. So an adequate or just acceptable level will be 65. I think a better option to aim for is around 80%. So anything beyond 80%, um, I'd be pretty comfortable in saying that you know, you've got security um, under control and you can always get to 100%, you can always keep working on it, but 80% uh, I think is what you should be aiming for for most tenants. 
Now, to get to a level of you know 80%, you do need to look at, like I said, implementing things like you know conditional access uh, and being more secure in your environment. You need to look at you know device management, application control, fully implementing MDM baselines, all of those sort of things that are provided by device management. Now, getting beyond uh, 80%, uh, now we're now we are now getting into the realm of implementing uh, what's known as virtualization-based security, so VBS. Virtualization-based security effectively is putting a Hyper-V-style container uh, on your devices and then running applications, running Office, running the browser, uh, putting the credentials uh, in there so that they are running in a sandbox and are protected from attackers. So. That does require obviously machines that are suitable to run you know, Hyper-V, uh, do have the resources to do it, but uh, most devices today, especially Windows devices, are gonna have that capability. Uh, largely all you need to do is enable those and then you know, tick up a couple of boxes and they will be turned on. So when you do that, you'll get things like device guard, uh, credential guard, application guard, uh, and so on, and they're just largely um, sandboxing-style technologies to put, you know, important uh, credentials and information in securely in a sandbox and protect that, uh, which you don't get with a normal operating system. So once you've done the, you know, virtualization-based security, you're probably getting towards 90%, uh, and the last components are largely going to be individual. Uh, registry settings or settings that need to happen on the workstation. So, you know, things like, you know, turning off domain cached uh, credentials uh, and there are a number of individual settings here and they're all listed in the secure score um, items there. All right, so don't be afraid to go in and have a look at those, but remember that they will have uh, an impact on the use and the operation um, of your production environment. Now, an example for me is that I've screwed mine down as much as I can. I think my secure score is around 95%. Now, the impact, one of the impacts as an example for me is that uh, PowerShell runs in something called constrained mode, which means it limits some of the things I can do with PowerShell because um, you know it's running in a more secure mode. Now, that's a pain in the butt when I need to go and you know, run a particular PowerShell or do some sort of operation. So what I've decided in that case is I'm gonna leave my workstations locked down to the max and I'll run PowerShell in a standalone VM that I'll access on demand, turn it off, turn it on uh, as I need that lives outside uh, my environment. Because everything I've got is in you know, GitHub, I can synchronize that back down. I can rebuild that VM if I want. So a little bit of extra pain, but gives me that flexibility and allows me to maintain maximum security uh, in my production environment. So again, just be aware of that. It will impact your environment as you get towards those higher scores, but I don't think that, don't think that you can't achieve you know, a score over 90. And I would suggest to you that if you are working with customers, your aim should be to get your own secure score to 90 and above. Go and do the same for your customers. And then when you go and talk to prospects or other people are out there, most times their secure score is only going to be you know in the low 20s and you can then say well you know we've got a secure score of 90 uh, look what we can do or look how much more secure we can make your environment 
uh, we can take you from 20%, we can take you all the way up to something like 90%, which we have. So a lot of credibility there. So take the time, invest, um, get your own secure score, I would suggest up and above 90, it will require work, but you should be able to get to 65, as I mentioned, pretty easily by, by just turning on the defaults uh, using Microsoft's best practices, uh, which are out there in the documentation from Microsoft. So again, don't forget that if you want to take a look uh, at this on screen, I will put the recording up on YouTube. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you thought of that, this approach, this short editorial, whether you'd like to see more, whether you'd like to not see more. Uh, again, I really encourage feedback to let me know uh, what you want to take away and get value from uh, this podcast. So with that, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover off here. So I'm going to round off with some uh, resources from myself. So the best option to keep up to date with what's happening is to go and look at my blog. So blog.ciaops.com is going to give you uh, that information more regularly. My GitHub repository, as I've mentioned, so that's github.com forward slash director CIA. All the scripts are available for you to have a look at, uh, download and use your own environment. YouTube channel, as mentioned, uh, so that's youtube.com forward slash director CIAOps. I've got some uh, presentations, e-documents, PDFs, and so on up at my slide share. Um, this podcast you can find at ciaops.podbean.com. Uh, there's got some online training courses, and please uh, don't forget my uh, online patron community at ciaopspatron.com. And again, you'll get lots more uh, details. You'll get um, implementation scripts, all that sort of stuff I do provide as a subscription benefit. And again, there's, I think there's a lot of value for people and I'm trying to make that community the one-stop shop for everything, especially an SMB for uh, Microsoft in the cloud. So Azure and Microsoft 365. So you'll find me on the Twitters at Director CIA. You can also send me a direct email at director at ciaops.com. A couple of people did that last time, provided some excellent feedback. Good to hear from you. Thank you very much for the time you took to uh, do that. It's always great to actually get feedback and know people are getting benefit. And like I said, we'll give uh, this attempt here at using something like YouTube and a, a bit of a different format. Admittedly, there's not a lot of news from Microsoft around at the moment. That will change shortly. And again, hopefully there is some there that you've got value and a little bit of discussion around a topic of choice. So some other options I'm thinking about when it comes to those editorials is you know, maybe a discussion or some thoughts around you know, break glass accounts, um, Defender, um, you know, Defender for cloud apps, Azure integration and so on. But please reach out. Best places on the Twitters at Director CIA. Also on the emails, director at ciaops.com. But with that, thank you very much again for listening. Please provide me your feedback. And I'll see you in the next episode. You have been listening to the Need to Know podcast from CIA Ops. For training on using technologies like SharePoint Online or Microsoft 365, visit www.ciaopsacademy.com. By purchasing from the selections available, you'll be directly supporting this podcast. To provide feedback on this episode, visit www.ciaops.com contact.